G'day listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Keeper League podcast. We're the AFL fantasy podcast that doesn't talk about the superstars, we only talk about the lesser knowns and the players that are going to bring value to your draft Keeper League teams. My name's Hef and I'm joined by my co-host Kays. How are you mate? Good evening Hollywood, I'm good yourself? Yeah, not too bad mate. Uh, I saw a little tweet on the weekend Kays, mm-hmm. um, you kept your own fantasy score in your C grade game. I did. Now did you... Do this, like, so this is your return to football. We we'll yes. probably should set the stage here. So, money to hashtag return to football. So you did a you did a knee, then you played a season, had a year off, and then I've had a few seasons. Few but, seasons uh, off, basically, yeah. my um, was it two years ago? Uh, basically, ripped my quad. Uh, the training before finals started, and uh, our team ended up losing the grand final that year. So because you were out. Not because I was out, but <laughs> it sucks sitting through a finals campaign where you can't literally run. But uh, had all of last year off, was the runner. And then, uh, you know, post-wedding, post-honeymoon, thought I'd get back out into the park. Need to get the shape after that. Uh, yep. So, uh, made my way through the C grade. And I just thought, well, you know, we're at AFL Fantasy Podcast. Might be trying a bit of fun to try and keep my stats. So, so you actually kept it while you are playing? Yep. I've like thought about doing that, but I'm, my mind is too in the game. So this is goes to show the type of player you, you your your mental Laconic. strength. Yeah, you can actually count your stats while you're playing. Yeah, fourteen. Uh, what was it? Fifteen handballs. Fourteen. Uh, Fifteen handballs. Fourteen kicks. Sorry, seven marks. Two tackles. One free four, which I calculated as one hundred two fantasy points. One hundred two fantasy points. Not bad. Mm-hmm. Do you reckon you'll go up to the B grade this week? Uh, not up to me. It's up to the coach. But. Uh, <laughs> We'll see. We'll see. It was good to get a run in. Uh, it was good. Good standard of C grade footy, actually. Uh, got the chance to play with one of our gold members at the club, yep. uh, which is good. So I won, uh, I won two, two best and fairest in that league. Mm. So, yeah, it's a good well, league. It's obviously a very high standard of football. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, the boys got the win, which is all important. And uh, yeah, a few remedy kombuchas that night to celebrate. So, bloody, beauty. Bloody oath. Uh, well, speaking of... Uh, Speaking of Remedy Kombucha, we better plug that. Uh, so, we're drinking uh, Mango Passion tonight. I ran out of cola. I actually went to the cola box before and it was empty. So, lucky I've only got three. I've got three more boxes, but they're at the bottom of the pile. So, I had to drink my way to them. <laughs> to go through. Yeah, yeah. I was spruiking on the weekend. So, we've got a uh, friend's father who's interested in uh, maybe dabbling over to some uh, Remedy Cola. So, actually, yeah. Uh, a distant, I guess, what a family member. What's that? A, a sister's, uh, sorry, a sister-in-law's husband's brother's wife. Is on board and used our Cooper League, Keeper League coupon Beauty. code as well. So yeah, I plugged that that way too. Magnificent. So I'm just keeping it in the family. We are really sure generating some sales for Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. Uh, yeah. So if you want to get in on the uh, the Remedy train, head to remedydrinks.com slash au slash shop and use the coupon Keeper twenty. Um, showdowns on this weekend, case. Yeah, the showdown. But like the Crows are playing port, but the big showdown is actually in our home Keeper League. Hef. It is. Not much chop versus the big hoofers. Oh, it God. Is, I'm not looking forward to this bloodbath. <laughs> it could be. It could be a bloodbath. But, you know, saying that, I went from top scoring with 2050, the highest score in our league last week ever, to losing to basically the perennial bottom team. So You're only just hanging on in the finals at the moment as I'm, well. Yeah. You're sick <laughs> but I'm out like, of 12 at the moment. The ridiculous thing with, with our league is, and obviously it's, you know, Week to week, you just don't know what's going to happen. But uh, so I am in sixth spot at four and three, but I have basically scored uh, is it six hundred more points than any other team in the league. Yeah, 
A couple of years ago, there was a guy who did that and he finished second to this guy. So, uh, well, hopefully, we'll uh, <laughs> rewrite some history and I can win. But you need uh, to get hot at the right time of the year. Now, I just, everyone right seems time. to want to get up, for, get up against playing me. Like, well, my team might do all right. Hopefully, I get a few ins this week. But I actually had my second win of the season as well last week. Uh, clawed yourself off the bottom. Yeah. So, I'm way off now. I think I'm two off. So, and I, yeah, and I should have had a third win actually, but I uh, lost by a point. Even after the opposition did have three players go down, I still couldn't beat him. But uh, I got close that week. But anyway, we'll get stuck into the podcast in a second. But uh, we'll thank Zambrero for looking after the listeners. Um, we got a competition going on our website. Uh, basically, if you enter, you could win a burrito for you and a mate. We give away two vouchers each week to a, a listener who signs up at keeperleaguepod.com.au slash Zambrero. And this week's winner is Michael Berry from Muna in Tasmania. Have you ever been to Tasmania, Case? I've been to Tasmania. I did Falls um, oh, probably wh- 10 years ago now. What's the, is it Marion Bay? Marion Bay. Yeah. Amazing. I highly recommend that I'm, as opposed to doing lawn. I need to get there and there's uh, yeah, a few people no down in Tassie these days through the podcast as well. So it'd be good to get down there and have a beer with some too. Uh, Muna, just north of Hobart. So it's a beautiful that, spot. Yeah. Well, oh, really good it's, in between, it's in between Hobart City and Mona. So okay. definitely worth going. All right, sweet. So, have to check that out one day. Anyways, uh, well done to Michael Berry for winning that. I actually posted them this morning already. So, look for them in the mail over the next couple of days. I'm not actually sure how speedy Australia Post is these days. Might get there in six months' time. Who knows? Someone swims it across the- uh... <laughs> How does it get there? <laughs> I'd say on a plane, but uh, yeah, we'll see how we go. Anyway, let's get stuck into the podcast. All right, into the round rewind. K's, uh, we kick it off with Richmond versus Western Bulldogs. This is a game I sat down and had a look at on Friday night, so we'll talk through a few players that stood out in this game. Uh, Nathan Broad had 110 points. Um, he was playing on Shaki, who kind of isn't really up to AFL standard. <laughs> um, oh, that's harsh, but anyway. Uh, you know, Broad just ran off him all night and did as he pleased. Um his first score above 70 for the season, though. He's only averaging 64 this year, so it's still a no from me, but I guess it's just mm-hmm. nice to see a player like him put up a decent score every now and then. Uh, Tom Lynch, we just talked about him on the Waver Wire podcast, but he had 105 points, and it could have been a monster score if he actually uh, kicked straight. Um, he had eight scoring shots, uh, 12 marks, 12 kicks, three goals, and five behinds. I'd still probably only want him as a loophole option, but as we were talking about on the Waver Wire podcast just before, um, which is available for members of the Keeper league podcast head to our website if you're keen to sign up to that or click on the description below um he if richmond are going to turn their fortunes around this season it's going to be in the back of someone like him playing well so if you think richmond can and it's something they've kind of done over the last few years is they've had a few shockers earlier on but they always seem to come good at the right times if you think they can turn their fortunes around which i think they can it's going to be in the back of tom lynch um playing some decent footy every now and then so a good one to own i think if uh you want to play him on your bench or loophole if he kicks a few snags he should come on uh richmond play a ton of Friday night games or Thursday night games. So he's actually an actually, sorry, he's actually a good loophole option. Um, I'm still not convinced it's going to be a week in, week out proposition. I think he listened to the rocket he got from a few people in the media and, you know, pulled his finger out his bum, which is fair enough. He's a very, very good player. I'm not buying into any of that crap. But, um, you know, I don't think I expect it each week. But as I said, I think he's one you could easily bring into your side um, purely because he can go big like he did on Friday. Yep. Just loop him off your bench. See how you go. Toby Nankervis, 95 points. Surely he's 2G4P now. Definitely. Cool. I thought he'd have a good year this year and it took him that couple games to get worked into it. Yeah, but that's always, uh, you know, he wasn't easy into things. No. Anyway, uh, next one, Bailey Dale. He had 93 points. He's made the transition to halfback so nicely. And didn't we say last week if he had another big one, he'd go 2G4P? Mm-hmm. So that's another one. It's 2G4P. Tick. 
Two less we have to talk about. Geez, our job's going to get easy soon. We won't even have to put out a podcast. <laughs> soon as, it, they'll all just be 2G4P. Uh, Alex Keith, uh, 81 points. Um, I don't mind him as a bench option slash maybe a last defender. Oh, he's actually scoring okay at the moment. But he takes marks and distributes the ball by foot from defence. So that's what you want in if you're going to have to pick a kind of taller defender um, or a lockdown defender at least. Uh, you know, he's averaging 73 at the moment. I think if you're a struggling side, you'd take a 73 in your defence, wouldn't you? You wouldn't know Kay's in a struggling side. Actually, you are now. Uh, yeah, I've lost a couple of games. I'm definitely <laughs> struggling. Look, um, we've seen that the, the key backs are doing pretty well this year. Uh, obviously, I think it helps when you're in a strong side and, and they can chop out and change around a bit. But, you know, Alex Keith, he runs off pretty well, uh, takes good grab. Um, so, yeah, I'd have no issues picking him up if I did need some depth back there. Uh, just before we move on, Hef, I just do want to touch on the big issue that's – well, not big issue, but the big news that came out of that game is that Trent Cotchin's done his hammy and might yeah, miss about that. a month. We know what that means, don't we, Hef? Riley Collier-Dawkins time? No, Jack Graham season because Jack Graham only <laughs> scores well when Trent Cotchin's not in the team. So, if you do own Jack Graham – Lick your lips because he's about to come into it. Points I, bonanza. I guess we probably should talk about Riley Collier Dawkins. I don't know if you've written down in my show doc here, but um, I think he averaged. Uh, sorry, I think he scored sixty. Or like yeah, that. something yeah. in the sixties. I'll take me two seconds to uh, get it up here. But he had sixty-three on the weekend, so um, he's probably just one to think about. He's been around the place for a couple of years now. Obviously, got his debut on the weekend, but he was a good underage fantasy scorer, and it is his third, fourth year in the system. I think it is. So fourth year breakout. He's, is he's I ready to go. I don't know. Maybe, but yeah. like. What was impressive about him on uh, Friday night was like he kind of left someone like Jake Ross in the lurch. Like Jack Ross wasn't that yeah. impressive, and you know, like finally got a you know finally like, gets a crack yeah. with no Dusty, and then doesn't really deliver. So yeah. um, obviously, you know, still no Cochin. So you know, they're probably not going to change that side too much. So if you are keen on RCD, uh, maybe have a look at him as well. All right, Collingwood versus Gold Coast. Uh, yes, it is your game, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I don't know. I can't remember. Uh, yeah. I watch most games of the weekend, so I actually just don't know which one is actually the one I wrote about, even though I I'm wrote about it I'm pretty excited about night. the guy you're going to talk about first. Brody Majek, yeah. 136 points he had. Uh, it's a great stat line. He had 20 kicks, four handballs, and four goals. Uh, averaged 58.3 before this game. This game bumped him up to 69.4. So, uh, yeah, look, Collingwood aren't very good at the moment. So, I'm not sure how much I'd be buying stocks in Brody Majek, but I think he's a good loophole option if you've got him. Wouldn't bank on him going big every week because I think Collingwood against better sides are really going to struggle to get the ball to him. But yeah, as a loophole option, I don't mind him. And he's playing North Melbourne this week as well. So. Playing North Melbourne this week, yeah. Look, he's just one of those guys who doesn't really put in too many bad games. Like, yes, he might have a he's 30 a or 40, but like, yeah. you know he's always going to clunk a few marks, probably kick a goal or two. So, we'll get you at least a 70 most weeks as his uh, average would suggest. But um yeah, it would depend. I think if, you, if you're if playing streamers, I think he's a good one this week against North. Uh, Darcy Cameron had 79 points. And what we've been noticing over the last few weeks is when Collingwood have been out of games, that means they're losing games. They just sit Brody Grundy up forward, just out of the way. Please don't get injured type thing. He just sits up there and then Cameron's just taken over in the ruck. So if Collingwood are going to be this bad for the season, he might be getting a lot of ruck time. So just monitor this. I don't think this weekend coming up against North, they're actually going to want to try to win this one. Um, so I yeah, I don't know if this is going to continue like straight away. But just keep watching because if that happens, he's going to add, you know, 10 points a game onto his normal score by being in the ruck. I think Cameron was my streamer of the week last week on the pod. So, 79 points, you take that. Yeah, good. Yeah. He's, I think he's coming up again in a streamer of the week too. Is Actually, he? maybe a loophole option. I have to wait and see. Maybe that's what mine was too. But yeah, I think that yeah. ruck forward and, you know, if that is the case or, but as I said, I think he just gets to, you know, ruck against the, the weaker the weaker ruckman when, uh, you know, Grundy takes the grunt, yeah. uh, the brunt against someone else. So, um, happy for happy for coaches to have a look at Cameron. 
Uh, Josh Corbett, he had 109 points, kicked four goals against Collingwood, um, played the last three, and is averaging 84 points. Um, he's playing a tall forward role, so I don't love this for fantasy, and I don't expect Gold Coast to be this up and about for too long either. So I'm not huge on him, but you know, a good score, you got to you know take notice and just you know put him in the black book and see what he does. I wouldn't be banking him being a you know reliable fantasy option. Mm. Sam Collins had 95 points. The Rucks uh, rotated onto him up forwards. So that was uh, Cameron and Grundy when they were, who went up there. It just allowed him to get on top. Uh, you know, he's just better at positioning on those types of players. Had 12 marks. Um, we'll have some quiet games where he locks down, but he can get on top depending on matchups and take a few marks and get his fantasy score up there. Still, again, not someone to rely on each week, but this mm. next guy, Will Powell, had 88 points and he's averaging 67 before this game. So he was my loophole option um, before this round as well. Just, you know, defenders against Collingwood. Um, that's the thing that you just need to be, you know, aware of. Mm-hmm. Always stream your defenders against Collingwood. Uh, he had 88 points. Um, so, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a good score. And I think he's going to do it again this week. Um, yeah, coming up against North Melbourne. Yeah, I like Will Powell. I think there's a lot of future there for him too. Like he, he plays the right type of role for yeah, fantasy. There's so. something about him that, uh, yeah, if you are if you are looking for a kind of younger guy who does have some runs on the board previously, Will Powell's a very, very nice option. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we'll go to the Crows versus GWS game. Uh, Jack Buckley had 81 points. He was just uh, rotating on the tools and running off them and getting a few kicks. So he played every game this year, um, but it's only averaging at, uh, 55. He's a good score in this game, but you need to see a bit more from him um, to see if he's doing it. But yeah, he was just on Himmelberg and then Thilthorpe. Um, and he kind of just yeah just did as he pleased off those guys because the ball wasn't really coming in, so he just ran off and did his own thing, and he scored pretty well. Um, Sam Taylor, another guy we talked about on the Wavewire podcast, uh, 80 points, playing on uh, walkout center back, just gave him a bath. Uh, had 13 kicks and one handball, so that's a good ratio. Had nine marks on him too. Um, I think Walker only had 38 points for the game. I know this because he's in my classic side. He's <laughs> awful. Um, averaging uh, 62, but 76 from his last three Sam yeah. Taylor is. So I don't love the role, and the score is at this level. You know, a dime a dozen. So, like, you know, you pick up, you can pick up every center half back in the competition, basically. But I don't know. You, and you can get guys going around the, you know, 72, 70, 60 to 70 mark everywhere. But he just looks like a decent f- player in real football. So he's got a lot of potential there. And I think if he does continue to kind of put this kind of form together, there might be some good fantasy scores along the way. I tried to disagree with you, mate. I think he's a very good option. He's uh, only 21. His last six games, he's gone 79, 62, 69, 78, 80. Uh, starting to take some nice marks, getting a bit more attacking in his game too, which I like. I know Nick Haynes is out, so he's kind of maybe playing a bit more of a, you know, floater, you know, I guess he's playing on Walker, but potentially just frees him up to be a bit more um, of a kingpin, I suppose, in that back line and a, and a user. So, look, they're playing, uh, who they got this week? Essendon. They don't tend to use the ball that well coming into attack. So, maybe another game that Taylor can kind of slide across the back line and get some good touches. I'm kind of keen on him as that, um, you know, consistent, um, you know, boring key defender option. So, at 20% owned, He's uh, one you could probably get in your waiver wire if you do need some um, back stocks. Yeah, hopefully he maintains his type of scoring then for that. Um, next one we've got is uh, Kayser's neighbour and best <laughs> friend, Tom Duday. Talk to each other all the time. Always acknowledges you as you pass each other on the street. Yeah, because that happens <laughs> daily. Uh, like 85. an American movie where everyone's at the white picket fence. Yep. And, you know, yeah, no, G'day, Tom. Chin wagon yeah. over, the, yep, over, the, over the fence. It's like that... Uh, 
you know, what's it? Uh, Tim the Tall Man Taylor. Just Basically, yeah. Peeking over the fence. I'm Al. Yeah, you're the crew. No, no, Al. <laughs> what's his name? Wilson. Wilson, I think. Yeah. yeah. Al's the assistant. Mm. Anyway, uh, 12 kicks, uh, 10 handballs, and nine marks for Tom Duda. 85 points. Averaging 69. Nice this year. Um, pops up with an 80 here and there. I think he's a good bench option for loopholing. Could even be your last defender if you team shit like mine as well. Could be someone that you use there. He's someone who could potentially scoring improves when like someone like Daniel Talier comes back and they get a couple other, you know, Jordan Butts is playing all right, but say Fisher McAsee finally gets good by the end of the year. Like, so Duda doesn't have to play that complete, um, you know, pure lockdown. He can actually uh, slide across and take a few intercept marks, be a bit more attacking. So uh, maybe one to kind of look towards um, coming to even better scoring towards the end of the season. All right, guys, it's time to for you to talk about a game. Yes, it is time. St. Kilda Hawthorne. Uh, watch the last half of this after the footy on Saturday. Uh, Jimmy Warpelhef, 124 points. Is he finally back? Oh, look, he had 96 against Fremantle a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yes, he's definitely back um, now. But and then he went had 47 the final week, then 65. And then he's having 124 this week. So, oh, I'm not banking on him being back just yet. But- the kid is going to be a jet, so Look, I wouldn't be too worried. He's very good. What I've kind of looked in, so he had 33 touches and seven tackles on the weekend, and it almost looked like the Warpedo of old. But what are the common denominators in his two big scores? Uh, something to do with other midfielders being out. Correct. So when he was, when he came to his peak of his powers a couple of years ago, there was no Tommy Mitchell. And now on the weekend, Jago O'Meara missed, and he stepped up and was actually a prime ball mover in that midfield. So... Is he third in line? Actually, he's probably fourth in line because Liam Shields always scores well, always gets time. Does he need someone like Liam Shields to bugger off or retire even though he's only 30? So, I just think maybe we won't see the best of James Walpole for another year or two. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. I think he's just I was a little bit underdone coming into the season with the off-season surgery. Um, yes, having other midfielders around him um, is struggling, making him struggle, but also just Hawthorne being terrible as well. He's not used to them being this bad also. So, um, yeah, like maybe one or two years, but again, I'm if he's one that you just got to hold on to because you know he's going to be good. It was a game for the believers though. Like, you, you know, like oh, for you as an owner, you we needed, needed that. that. You needed yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. So. Uh, another guy had a good game, Jack Scrimshaw, 111. He's getting very close to 2G4P, but in uh, his defense, it was probably down their back line a hell of a lot on the day. 33 touches and eight marks for him. Uh, just I'm liking the way he's tracking. It's good to see that he's got a bit more of a, a ceiling maybe than I thought. So uh, just keep on him if you're yeah, him. Yeah, I was a bit surprised when I saw that score. Mm. Sure. Uh, Jarman Impey, 102 from him, 23 touches, seven tackles. He's officially 2G4P half there. Oracle has delivered once again. Yeah, sometimes the darts you throw blindfolded uh, do come off. So. It's just crazy when you're just throwing like 20 darts and they're all hitting the bullseye simultaneously. <laughs> That's what 2021 feels oh, like. We'll talk, but, about, uh, we'll talk about Tom McDonald after this. But get anyway. rid of Jarman MP. Uh, he's definitely locked in bet 2G4P. Surely have. you got to believe me on that yep, one. Yeah, I'm happy with that. Good. Uh, Jimmy Cousins, 96 from him, 27 touches. Uh, I've always been a bit of a fan of him. He's 23 years old now, time to deliver. Uh, I think his disposal lets him down a bit at times, but he can actually really pick it up. Uh, he was injured at the start of the season, has worked himself into their best 22. Look, he's 49% owned and is one to definitely have a look at, um, You know, especially if someone like Amir doesn't come back this week. I think there'll be a bit more of a role for him. But saying that, I think he's kind of dislodged um, You know, Harry Morrison scoring the last couple of weeks since he's been in. Uh, but yeah, Cousins can really find it. Uh, so if you do need a, a, you know, a bit of midfield depth, have a look at someone like him. Uh, Dan Butler, 103 points. 
Welcome back to some kind of relevance, Daniel. Uh, good to see you're actually still playing football. But what I loved, uh, he actually played with that fire and desire that made um, you know him so good last year. Had the 18 touches, nine marks, and kicked three goals too. Look, and I know he can do it. We all know he can do it. But I think um, most of this year, and kind of like most of his teammates, it looks like he hasn't really given a fuck too much. But look, his tackle numbers are still well down. But what was good um, is he is finding the footy. So uh, he's actually... Speaking of his tackle numbers, he's only laid 16 for the year and he did lay seven in the first game. So he needs to pick that aspect up yet. Look, if you are getting excited, I wouldn't say get too excited just yet because uh, this is a bit of a flash in the pan this game and uh, we'll be interested to see how Saints come up against when they do play a bit of a better team. He's almost like a bit of a barometer player for yeah, the Saints at the time. moment. So yeah. if you can see St. Kilda getting up and about and actually playing some decent footy in the next few weeks, which mm-hmm. I personally think they can now, um, Ron Marshall and Paddy Ryder right. back into the side, yep. um, I think they might. he might be one of the better scorers over the next few weeks. And he's pretty low ownership too. So yep. uh, have a look at him if you do need a forward, I suppose. But as I said, just don't bank on big hundreds each week. Uh, Jack Sinclair had 102, probably the game he threatened to have all preseason when he was uh, dominating in their halfback line. Look, had 26 26, uh, touches and even snuck down for a goal. Kind of surprising he hasn't got defender status. It seems like he's played down there a lot this year, but hasn't been added. So you still might have to wait three rounds if you are waiting on that. And that's what you drafted him for in the preseason, which is also a bit of a warning. Don't draft because of potential uh, DPP ads. But yeah, look, he does need that back status for some relevance. He's only averaging 74.6 this season. Well, potentially if the St. Kilda get on a bit of a roll, his scores might increase, but just uh, a bit of a monitor at the moment for me. And lastly... Jack Bytel had 83 points and I was actually really impressed by his game. I think he has something. It's just sucks he's been at the Saints. We haven't been able to see that because they've got such a glut of midfielders. But he had 21 touches and eight tackles, uh, played out mainly on the wing. Did some really nice things. Look, he's played six of the seven games this year. Two of the times it's been uh, sub-affected. But uh, in the games that he's played 70% more uh, time on ground, he's gone 79, 49 and 83, which I think are pretty okay for an emerging midfielder. He's only 21, uh, finally getting a crack at AFL level. And look, 21% owned uh, is someone you can definitely have a look at, especially if you are um, you know, looking to rebuild early. Yeah, St. Kilda is a side that don't have a shortage of midfielders um, in their side. So I think the fact that he's actually getting a game and scoring well when he's getting a crack at it, mm-hmm. I think is really, really good signs for Bytel. Good signs for the future. Just needs to get more of a permanent role on the ground. And uh, yeah, he'll be fine after that. Hey, Kays, I'm a bit jealous you actually got to watch the Sydney versus Geelong game because I saw the last five minutes so of it. Good. But uh, yeah, look, I was watching the Port Adelaide versus Brisbane game, which wasn't as fun. But uh, you've been angry with the umpires as per usual. Uh, it was so disgraceful. They were so Geelong biased and sucked in at the end because, yes, it wasn't 15 metres, but I'll give you Geelong a tip. would have had 20 free kicks paid against them that were ticky touch runs all week. I'll all give day. you a tip. Yes. When your team's not playing, mm. it doesn't matter. Just as long as there's fantasy points being scored, yeah, it's who good, cares but it's about just the, frustrating because it's just like that is not a free kick and they're paying it, and then the same thing happens to Sydney and they're like not yeah. playing. Just, just go, was, was there fantasy oh. points on the end of those free kicks? Yeah, but I just really then, wanted. Then you're fine. I just really it's wanted fine. Sydney to win so bad. It was good. Well, they got there in the end. They got you. there, and it was even sweeter because the umpiring decisions were a bit dodgy at the end. But we'll let that go. Yeah, we won't talk about that one. <laughs> Look, uh, Ollie Florent had a hundred points. It was easily the best game of footy I've ever seen him play. He was everywhere, and especially when the big moments uh, mattered. Had twenty six touches and two goals in the night. What I liked is he was genuinely part of their midfield mix and he does actually look a good size now, a bit more mature than he has previous years. And look, there's some big cat's bodies out there too. So he didn't look out of place whatsoever. 
His second ton of the year, coming off a 90 last week. It's going to be a big test against the Ds this week, see if he's, you know, really ready to go. But I am warming to him, uh, especially because there's a bit of responsibility uh, placed on him in that midfield. So um, kind of shows that he's part of the, the Sydney future, which is nice. Uh, Tom Hickey had 92 points. Wait, wait, Tom Hickey. You mean the guy that was injured for six weeks? <laughs> yeah. So he's had one wait, week off from a PCL injury. How does how's that even possible? I got no idea. Maybe he's got like a new knee. They've replaced it or something. Maybe, maybe, he's, an, maybe he's an X-man. Maybe the doctor like was just looking at the wrong x-ray or something he just had like a picture of his lunch up there or something like that he's like oh this is terrible it's just a bit of chicken wing or something <laughs> yeah. like that was stuck on the thing yeah. but he was absolutely huge in the night kicked a great goal out the ruck uh 20 touches 23 hit outs only the one mark which is surprising but geez he does just work hard um 81 average from his last four games so he's going really well looks really strong really hungry um sinclair which was the interesting one how it went he basically played forward all night didn't even get a sniff in those cbas so he was your starting ruck wasn't he, he was starting my yeah he didn't go well this week but look, he was. Oh, I didn't really have any other options because Tim English was out. But oh, yeah, uh, um, yeah, so if you were worried about that coming into it, don't be. And if you're a Sinclair owner, be worried because he's not going to get much of a sniff, especially when Buddy comes back. Um, so good news for Hickey owners. Um, look, the funny one about Tom Hickey, he's 30, so you can't get too excited, but he's doing some really nice things this year for your owners. So, Oh, you can get excited at the fact that you picked him up for nothing in your draft. It's true. Yeah. And you might get maybe this might be the one year that he does well. So yeah. you kind of have to cash in on this year, I yeah. think, or maybe next, because I just don't know what's going to happen. With, obviously, Sinclair's old and even uh, who's the guy that's always injured? Uh, Naismith. Yeah, Na- uh, Na- yeah, Naismith. Like, yeah. Does he come back in? I'm not too sure. So just ride the high with Tom Hickey while you can because he's playing really nice footy. Uh, James Robottom, 92 from him. Uh, continues to improve after his minor injury setback. Looked really good off the wing, uh, picking up 21 touches, four tackles, and a great goal late from outside 50. Just is a really nice um, core group of young mids in that side, and he has really arrived and basically pushed Errol out to that half-forward flank. So him returning to that side has kind of cost all these uh, very previously happy Errol Golden owners. Uh, yeah, a bit, good call. A bit sadder now, but Robottom's kind of taken that wing and, and into that midfield. So I love him and I can see him putting up some big scores towards the end of the season uh, once he kind of gets properly match fit. Look, Chad Warner, heffy. 74 points from him. And I know it's a Sony of 74, but this guy has to be 2G4P'd. Like, he has started he started the game in the center bounces. He looks like an absolute star. He had a quieter game stats-wise with 14 touches, but had six tackles, kicked a goal, still managed 74. I don't know what his average is. I reckon it's high 80s. He's got to be bloody close to 2G4P. Just before we confirm or deny this one, mm. uh, 2G4P for the new listeners stands yes. for too good for the podcast. We've got to keep remembering to not keep – the in-joke going and make sure pe- new people actually understand it. So, too good for the podcast. This has been a player. Uh, we need to talk about the lesser knowns when they get mm-hmm. too good and everyone knows about them that we can't talk about them anymore. Yep. Um, I'm going to say yes, that he is 2G4P because we know his underage potential. Coming into his second year, he's got a permanent fixture in the midfield at Sydney. If people own him, they're not giving him up for anything. Mm-hmm. He's also got forward status at the moment. Is that yep. correct? Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, look, he's easily 2G4P for mine. He's so good to watch too. Um, Errol Gordon, I should just touch on him here. I think we 2G4P'd him after round three as well. I just want to maybe, yeah, that might have been too <laughs> early. B2P now. Yeah. But look, 61 from him. Uh, he's just turned into a genuine half-forward flanker and that's nothing, no knock on him. It's just purely that Sydney have basically got their full-strength midfield back um, and it pushes him out. And, and I don't think you necessarily need to trade him if you're an owner. You can be very happy with him, but I just think you need to alter your expectations. You're not going into a game expecting a ton. You should be going into a game expecting a 60. Let's say you're a flag favourite in your league mm-hmm. and you drafted Errol Goulden this year yep. and he's one of your starting forwards. Mm-hmm. Would you accept a trade of, say, something like Isaac Smith? He's going to get you 100 as a forward no. each week. 
and it'll guarantee you a flag where he could be – Errol Goulden could be a burden in a flag. I don't think I'd be touching Isaac Smith at 10-foot pole. But he's going to average 100 this year. Maybe. If you need it for a flag and you've already got your best forward. It depends. Injured. It depends I'm what, you, it depends what the rest anyone. of your 16. <laughs> Actually, they're two best forwards that uh, are genuine guns injured for a very long time. It depends what your 16 keepers are looking like or your 20 keepers are looking like. Yeah, true. Because if you could, there's no point getting rid of him just because of that. It is an interesting one, but I still think he's going to be have a couple of good games here and there. The Errol Golden owner should take Isaac Smith off me for him. So, yeah. <laughs> don't don't do it. Um, Justin McInerney, 43 half. I know he's one of your boys. I'm just not sure he's up to the level. Uh, being thrown back, probably a bit out of his depth at the moment, uh, not getting the, the cushy role he had at times last year. And, and they've got a good midfield now, Sydney. So, maybe yeah. just uh, cool on him. What I liked about him was just the way he used the ball more. So, his um, uh, you know capabilities of accumulating the football. But he's still just probably not getting enough opportunity to do that at the I moment. I think that's so. going to kill him in yeah. the end. Uh, Jack Henry for the Cats, 96 points from him. His second impressive game in a row. Hold off his 99 the week before. Had 23 touches, 8 marks and 5 hitouts. 192 centimetres, so he's kind of that hybrid type. Gave some really nice run and dash out of defence at times too. He's only 12% owned, so maybe one, if you are looking deep on the waiver wise, he could be an option there, especially as the Cats are playing a, a bit of a keeping off, chipping around style in the back lines at times. So, you know, always know that can pad out an extra you know 10 15 20 points into a into a player's um score so yeah just keep your eye on jack henry i think there's something about him uh geordie clark 65 from him everyone needs to know 16 touches five marks just never really stamped his name on the game uh got run down early on trying to be a bit creative and maybe that was the end for him mentally i'm not sure but geez he does look skinny out there and he just can't impose himself um you know with his body and it just i don't know if he's got a big enough tank i'm really not sure bit Bit of worrying signs if you're a Clark owner. I think once a few of the Geelong older, you know, players or older servants do drop off a bit, it'll be his time to shine. But it's a third year breakout. Jordan should be better than this. <laughs> I think, like you said, he still needs to put on a little bit more size. I reckon. Yeah, but I, uh, think I reckon he's long game. You got to play with him. Um, you need to wait for him to get better opportunity. I think to score better. Of that. Anyways, uh, we're going to Brisbane. Speaking of bloodbaths, oh, what a bloodbath! Uh, you just knew it was coming. Like it was an important game away from home. It's like the West Coast game. It's always going to happen. Um, Grant Birchall. Can you only win at home? What's that? Can you only win at home? Yeah, pretty much at the moment. Yeah. Flat and even track. that, we're, like, we're not that's you know, certainly- Flat track bullies. Pretty much. Um, yeah, not looking too good. You know, I guess you have faith that towards the end of the season, you get this kind of things together and you learn from this. Like the positive was that I think Western Bulldogs lost. Um, someone else around us lost as well. Geelong was that round, coming up and around us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's a few that were, yeah, that were lost that kind of kept us in the mix. I think we're still sitting third. We didn't move. So anyway, we'll get on some players. Talk about Brisbane first. Uh, Grant Birchall, uh, 106 points. Um, we, we all know what he does. You're only chasing mm-hmm. him if you're in contention for a flag. He offers really no value to anyone else because he's averaging 76, but he's gone above 83 times and he's had a 79 too. And he's only gone under 70 twice actually for this season out of all of his games. So he's just had two really low scores um, that were under 70 that kind of dents his average a bit. So he's a guy you'd love to have on your bench uh, on your grand final weekend for loopholing, I think. So mm-hmm. um, if you're targeting a flag, then you need to target Grant Birchall, I think. But if you're not, then there's no point owning him. Um, Charlie Cameron had 96 points. Uh, he kicked four goals, but he was just allowed to do what he wants. Like Burton was on him earlier and then he got injured. Then Jonas went to him, but just couldn't go with him. So they kind of just didn't go near each other until they were inside Ford 50 and then it was kind of like a foot race. It was a bit weird. Um, but yeah, this could be the game that kicks out, kick start him though. Just get a bit of confidence. But it was his first score above 50 this year and he averaged 67 last year. Uh, I think that was BCV. So, you know, that was handy for a bench option. You know, every now and then he'd pull out a good score to loop on. He's just not doing that at the moment. So, 
I don't know. I'd keep loopholing him um, if, he's, if you've got nothing better. Mm. Keep loopholing him to see if he can go big like this because he's capable of putting four goals through the big ones and pulling out a 90. But, yeah, he just seems to be not on the top of his game this year, that's all. Uh, Zach Bailey had 81 points. He had a mid-forward role. Mm. I'm still worried about him because it was such a crazy game if you watched it. It was just bruise-free for Brisbane and he could still only manage an 81. And he's only averaging 62 this year, so... <laughs> I thought if there's a game that would go bigger, be this one. But well, yeah, yeah. interesting how it goes, Matt. You know, because Port's still an okay side. If they come up against a weaker side, now that you know Lockie Neal's not out, we've seen McCluggage go into the midfield a bit more. Surely that leads that you know you have Zach Bailey th- properly through that wing. I'm not sure if you saw this, but you will not get a crazy game this one. Like Port's didn't look interested. Mm. So I don't know. I think even the shitter teams will have a crack harder than Port did this week. Wow. Um, yeah. But I'll talk about some Port players and some guys that did have a crack. And one of them was Willem Drew. So he had 117 points and the conditions suited him. So uh, contested player um, with Boak out, he kind of stepped into that role. Um, you can't really drop him this week because he scored so well. But Boak and SPP, oh, well, SPP is back in the side. Sam Pal Pepper, that mm-hmm. is, he's back in the side. <coughs> Boak comes back in this week. He still holds his spot, but you just... Can't get too excited with him. I guess the other positive for him and the negative for Tom Rockliffe is mm. that uh, he did his knee in the sand floor. I still haven't heard mm. the results. It's probably out by now um, while we're doing oh, this yeah, podcast. So look, six, uh, six to eight weeks. Six to, oh, six to eight. So, it's not an ACL. No. That's good for one of my leagues because I'm still banking him getting a comeback game <laughs> in round 22 and playing the grand final and uh, scoring 150 for me. So, that's uh, that's actually really good news. Well, you know, it's always good news that when they don't injured, but yeah. Um, but yeah, so that means like he, he's not going to come in. He's not going to lose his spot for him either. So, there's a chance that Willem Drew plays out for a bit longer. So, um, but I just wouldn't be expecting 117 points from him each week. That's all. Miles mm. uh, Bergman had 83 points and he moves off the wing onto a halfback flank. Um, I reckon this role just suits him a bit more, his style of play. That's where he played in the preseason, looked really good in the preseason. Moved up to the wing the last few weeks a bit more when Dozma went out, but um, yeah, they ro- rotated a few different players on the wing this week and he went back. Um, with Burton, I've got with Burton out written here, but it looks like Burton is going to, he's a, he's a good chance. Right to get up, so, yeah. Um, I still don't think he misses. I guess the worry that I've been talking about for the last week is Bonner had a good game in the twos. Ken does seem to like playing him. Um, so we'll just have to wait and see what happens there. But I still think probably Frederick might go out before he does. So, yeah, fingers crossed he holds his spot for the owners there. Um, Ali Ali had 82 points. He was one of uh, Simo's streamers on the waiver oh, – sorry, on the on the captains and streamers article on the website last week. Nice, and Simo. he took eight, took eight grabs uh, in the wet. Uh, average 72 – he's averaging 72 this season. So, you'd happily play him at D5, like maybe even a D4 every now and then. Um, he's scoring pretty well just with the way he intercepts. So, I like Aaliyah, Aaliyah, um as an option there. All right, North Melbourne versus Melbourne. And uh, North Melbourne actually put up a fight. This is that. actually not too bad. I was watching this at the pub over lunch. Yep. No, but uh, obviously Melbourne ran away in the end, but they were probably trying to be a bit too tricky with a few of their rotations and things like that. But anyway, um, Aaron Hall. Had 143 points. It's like 2G, 4P. Mm-hmm. He's playing Luke McDonald's role of last year. And this actually kind of warms the heart a little bit, Case, because at the start of the year, you were very negative on Luke McDonald. But I think this just goes to show that what I said earlier in the year, that this is just like a role that they love playing. Like they just love loose guys in defense. So I think even if he was playing, Luke McDonald would have gone big this year. That's great for their you know, <laughs> team going forward. Though, oh, it's, it's horrible for their actual team. Like same with him and Zebul. Like it makes no sense to make these guys like your main distributor at defense because, well, I guess Zebul doesn't have a great disposal. Aaron Hill was probably a little bit better, but- Marginally, I guess. I don't know. It's just because they're 30. What are they doing? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Get the ball in the hands of some kids. Try a game plan that actually looks like it might win some footy one day. Like, even like Carlton, 
even though they'd lost a lot of footy earlier on when um, I guess they were going through their, their slump at the bottom of the ground, they still haven't really gotten through it. They still focus on getting structures in place that actually look like could win football and trying to do what the good teams were doing, not just bombing out of defence to no one. Like, it's just weird. Um, but, yeah, 2G4P for Aaron Hall anyway because he's scoring too well. Um, do you agree with that? Yes. Yeah, good. Oh, yeah. Kane Turner. Or Kanye, as I accidentally autocorrected on the one of the group <laughs> chats yesterday. Um, he had 109 points and he's being used as a tagger in the past few weeks. And this has seen a big bump in the CBAs. Not so much in his scoring though, but he was playing on Oliver uh, on uh, yesterday and just got led to the ball. So he had 27 touches, 14 kicks, 13 handles and six tackles. Uh, kicked the goal of two. Still wouldn't expect this too often, but it's a role they're kind of, and it seems like they're grooming him for it. And if he can keep forward status, he might be an all right scorer in this role. We talked about him on the Wave Wire podcast. He's, um, I think, one per- 2% owned and 1% mm. started. So, he's out there. Can you see him finding a bit more footy every now and then? If it's the role, like I've got nothing against the tagger role. I think it's right. He's bumped up to 11% owned now. Yeah, okay. Since the weekend. Oh, okay, So, cool. uh, still very much underrated. But people, uh, people, I think, just see the 109 and jump oh, as, he, as most my coaches would. But yeah. look, his best ever output was 64.7 back in 2017. So, yeah. uh, that's purely because he was playing that small forward kind of role, which is never scoring conducive. But yeah. look, I got if you're going to be running through the midfield, you're going to be a chance to get the hands on the footy. So, why not? Oh, it's just that he ran through the midfield the last three weeks and didn't look any different. But then this week he did. So, maybe he's just learned how to tackle and find the footy a bit more. What's wrong with plus fours? I would just be um, well, I would be watching for the next week or so before jumping on him too early that's all uh, James Jordan had 97 points uh, Viney was out so he saw a bump here still low time on ground but he scores well from it I think he's just still more of a long term prospect for now um, I don't know if he's one of those players that needs to build their tank or he just doesn't have a big tank and he's going to be resigned to a small time on ground. I'm hoping it's the former. Um, but, yeah, hopefully he can kind of build that up over his career. Uh, Bailey Fritch had 85 points and kicked six goals to get there. Now, all the talk of uh, Ben Brown would free him up, which it kind of did in this game. But the thing is, he's not going to score six goals. They're not going to kick six goals every week. But he did look good, but they only played north. So, mm. it's a pretty hard one to, to really tell. Cosy uh, Pig had 74, uh, 75 points. And he's averaging 74 now. So, basically, this is telling us this is what he's going to do most weeks. You wouldn't mind him as your F5 because he'll kick a couple goals each week. But I think the best thing is he's just really exciting to watch. He's my favourite player yeah, to watch. Yeah. So, that crumb, um, I don't know, third or fourth quarter, just like yeah. straight off the hands, just bang, straight through. Amazing. So, so good. Yeah, could be uh, could be just a fun one to own anyway, even if you don't think he's going to be yeah. a good fantasy scorer. But he should get your 70 most weeks. So. I'm betting um, on yelling yeah. Cozzy from the couch, just, you know. Yeah. So good. Now, Kays, mm. Tom McDonald. Yes. 58 points. And I think he got mm. a few of these quite late yes. when Ben Brown went down as well. So, we've been saying for weeks, Ben Brown into the side should worry coaches a little bit. Mm. You've been frothing over him all year. Are you concerned? Because he did push higher up the ground in this game mm. um, and it didn't really suit him. So, are you concerned with Ben Brown on the side? Uh, there are concerns. Um, I'm not going to. I'm not willing to write him off just no, yet because I know I'm, like one game. So I'm not like f- you when Harry Schoenberg has one good game against North Melbourne and we're yelling it from the rooftops. Yeah, I brought the brass band. <laughs> <from> the, um, <laughs> I'll, I'll actually give another chance to monitor it. Yeah. But uh, look, um, the interesting thing is obviously uh, Adam Tomlinson's ACL out of that. So what happens in the back line? Does Tom McDonald go back and help out? you know, May or Lever or, um, you know, does he push up the ground further onto the wing like they kind of touted during the year? I'm not too sure. So, uh, happy to wait and see what happens this week with uh, T-Mac. Who are they playing? They're playing Sydney on Saturday night. So, if it does happen, I'm just surprised the Oracle didn't call it. That's all. That that Ben Brown was going to come in and yeah, get yeah. fit. Yeah. I'm surprised you didn't uh, see this Well, one. obviously, you know, like he's been scoring well and been kicking goals. So, but mm, I'd rather Tom McDonald up forward than Ben Brown. 
I don't think you can play Ben Brown anywhere else. So that's the thing. That is the problem. Yeah, yeah. you can play Tom McDonald in other positions, and he goes okay. Uh, well, let's see how he goes this week. But yeah, yeah we, I'm, I'm happy. starting. I'm, happy to, to, I'm starting to get a little worried. But, I'm not going to uh, write him off or anything. But he's had such a good year. Yeah, so, he scored too so, well to do so that so far. Yeah. So yeah. All right, your boys uh, went down to Carlton. Oh, so disappointing. Uh, we'll start off with my guys. Dev Smith had 89. He's been super disappointing this season, but. I will say there's one stat that's catching my eye with little Fritz. So his tackle numbers are back. Had 10 on the weekend, 10 the weekend before, and he had 20 in the five weeks prior. So his tackle uh, output has, you know, gone bananas. The issue is his disposal numbers are a massive worry. So he had 12 on the weekend and he's only had one game of 20 plus. But what I like is there at least is a bit of some hunger about that. Now, he did pick up forward status uh, with ultimate foot on the during the week, which is Which good. we expected. For, which we did expect, yeah. which which kind of makes him a bit more relevant because as that midfielder, he's kind of in that, you know, 80 no man's land kind of thing. But look, he's got a long way to go but it is encouraging. So I think if you're an owner, you know, maybe a couple weeks ago you wanted to, I was trying to sell at all costs, but with the forward status just kind of gives him a bit more value. And I think if he can keep that tackling stuff up, um, he's a hold for me at the moment. He's no chance of getting back to his first season at Essendon scoring, right? No, no, no. So you're going to have to be kind of happy with the 80, 85 forward, which is, you know, not too bad for your F4, F5 kind of thing. So if he can get that and just play consistently, uh, I'll be happy by the end of the season. One guy who's super impressive uh, this seasons jake stringer he had 87 i fired it last week and it continued this week the package is the don's center bounce attendance king just seems to be starting at every chance in the middle probably a ploy that collingwood could try and use with jordan de because it seems to be working for stringer kind of oh, no, they're, playing, they're playing him in the center he just can't get near it yeah, well, <laughs> get closer to it jordan i didn't see this i haven't seen the cvs from this week but look i've been impressed by stringer this season uh 18 touches Three tackles, uh, three goals, two. Mid-70s forward, and it doesn't look like slowing down because he looks hungry, he looks fit, uh, really keen on him. So 67% owned, so there's still a bit of uh, Jake Stringer around to uh, to get. So if you want a nice little bit of the package, uh, get involved now. Uh, Archie Perkins, Hef, you're- Fastly, become, quickly becoming my boy. He's in my side, he's on my rookie list. So I've got a him very, very bad taste in my mouth. Uh, Archie Perkins, 79. Very impressive game. Loved his run and dash and effort around the contest and a play you can really get around. Uh, we talked about it on the, the other pod, Hef, but just wish he capitalized on this long running link up play. Basically ran from half back, probably had two or three handballs. Had two or three handballs in that uh, passage of play, kicked it from just inside 50 uh, and missed the goal. But uh, look, that was his 0 2 on the day. Look, 18 touches, four tackles. 79 points from 73% time on ground is pretty good. So 45% owned. And honestly, if you're rebuilding and, you know, your season hasn't started how you thought it might, get involved in him because uh, he's going to get a full run this year and uh, does look to have a very promising future. Uh, tip of the cap to Carl Hooker, 99 points from him, five goals, one. Has only been relevant when he's kicked a bag. So if you if you think Essendon coming up against a easier kind of matchup, which we've got, uh, who do we have this week? GWS, so probably not. Probably don't look at um, Hooker, but you know if you're coming up against an easier matchup, especially with some weaker defence, uh, get Hooker involved because he does kick some goals. Uh, onto the Blues, Jacob Weedering had 102 points, 19 touches and 11 marks, just controlled things beautifully back there and just keeps improving each week fantasy-wise. So... We got the uh, they got the dogs and the D's coming up, so you could probably make a start. So you could make a case to start him, or at least uh, have him around the spot 
um, in case of emergency, they play on Sunday, so it's not ideal because it's going to be down there a lot. He's got a lot of confidence at the moment. He's getting a lot of touches, a lot of marks. So could be one to kind of, um, yeah, stream this week if you do need some defensive uh, cover. Harry what's McKay. He, um, sorry, what's he averaging this year? I'm about to look it up here. He's gone all right. Yes, yeah, 74. Mm. So, yeah, no, mm. he's fine. So, yeah, if you do need someone for some cover, he's going to be all right, and especially, I think, against the tougher teams where it's down there. A he bit will more. have he'll have games where he needs to lock down someone really tightly and mm. won't be able to do what he normally is. But he's a really good contested mark, so he should take yeah. quite a and few he, of those. As yeah. I said, each week he's kind of improved his score by five to seven points, so um, really, really working to the year nicely. Uh, Harry McKay, 85 points. How is... How good is Big Horatio? He Big is Harold just Mackay. He is just a player to watch. Another four snags from him, six clunks. Just does not look like slowing down. Even when Colton looking shit and not playing well, um, he's their go-to guy and just doesn't really let them down too much. Yes, his scoring does fluctuate a lot in terms of you know he'll get a forty or a fifty, but then he'll come out and kick a bag and have an eighty or a hundred, you know that kind of thing. So they've got the dogs and D's coming up, as I said before. So maybe just a bit of a warning: don't get too excited because they're not going to have an easy run at it. But saying that, he's going to be their only uh, only um, avenue. avenue to goal. So um, yeah, Harry McKay putting in a great year, loving it too. And lastly, Davy Cunningham. 84 points from him. I think most people know I'm a bit of a Dave Cunningham fan, and I'm glad he's getting a crack at it. Uh, Play through the half-forward flank and wing, 25 touches, two goals, one. The Blues are playing a lot of fluffy kind of kids like Owies and all these kind of dudes. Um, but I think David Cunningham is the real deal, so don't get too worried about that. He got a um, few CBA, uh, CBAs the other yeah, way. Yeah, like he's yeah. a good player. just seems to never kind of either get the consistency or he gets a little knock and, and injured. But look, he's 20% owned, so another one you can get on your radar, um, you know, if you do need some forward cover. Uh, right here, lastly, Hef, the Derby, Derby, whichever way you say it, across. Started off as a pretty decent game, but yeah, then, then it um, just flew out. It was, yeah, yeah a bad second Frio, half of football. A lot of Frio supporters aren't very happy on the socials, which, you know, I guess is fair. But your team's crap. Like, yeah, you I, think they just, I think they've been crap for so long, they just expect a little bit more. But I think they need to get some good players. Would be yeah, exactly. Like, you can only start. do so much with the cattle that you got. Mm-hmm. Yeah. you got a nice midfield, that's about it. Yeah. Oh, uh, and they've got Tabernard, don't forget that. Yeah, he's good. But he probably <laughs> needs someone else to kind of help him out a bit. Yeah. Uh, Black Acres for the Dockers had 90 points. 24 touches, six marks. Uh, his best game for the season, which is saying something. Look, unfortunately, his 69 average just isn't cutting it for coaches this year. He's a mid only and no chance of DPP. A genuine headache because uh, his move to Frio has not been fruitful at all. I just I just don't know what to do. I think you just got to keep him because he's got no, no value whatsoever. Uh, Darcy Tucker had 61. His first game of the season, 20 touches from him from his 70% time on ground. Look, he's mid only this year, but does have scope to build. He actually uh, notched up three BCV tons last year. So, does has a, does have that ability to go big. 47% owned. So, another one you could grab for a bit of depth in your, your side. He's going to get it fitter as the year goes on. Uh, for the Eagles, Jack Darling, 114 from him. He's averaging 82 this year, Hef. Is he a genuine 2G4P candidate? Are we talking about Jack Darling? Jack Darling. No. 82 average. I know. 17 touches, nine marks, three goals, two. I think he's, just he's had coming a bit up of- against the Hawks and the Crows. So this he's- is going to be the big thing. If yeah, he's I'll- feasting on them. He's gotta he's gotta be a big chance. Cause he's just getting no chat. He's actually having a very good year. Um, five out of the seven games he's gone eighty plus. Yeah, I know. He's had some like really favorable matchups though in there. He's got two more coming up. I so know. I you know if he gets another couple of tons, he's getting off the pod. I can't do it. I'm just gonna let you call it two G four P. Not yet. I wanna see the next yeah. two. If he feasts on one of these two uh Hawthorne or Crow sides, I'd, he's I'd gone. I'd struggle to do it, but yeah. 
Uh, Chad Brando, 90 from him. He's having a pretty good year, uh, working hard and getting the rewards. Uh, interesting stat, loves playing at home. Averages 85 at home and 54 away this season. So keep that in mind when the Crows come to town on a fortnight. He's probably locked in for a nice 80 there. And Josh Rotham, 83 points from him. Talked about him a couple of times. He is low flying at the moment. Uh, he's had one bad game, which was last week. He scored 13, but... Uh, apart from that, he's gone 67 to 106. That's been his range. So 17 touches, 12 marks. Uh, able to get a heap of easy intercept marks back there. Plays the Hawks this week. Massive chance to repeat those efforts and again against the Crows. So look, 73% owned. So there's still a little bit of ownership available for him. Um, but yeah, a very reliable defender option is Josh Rotham Heff. All right. Thanks for that, Kaze. Uh, that wraps up the round rewind segment. So we'll get stuck into the member stuff now before we get into the projections. But yeah, if you appreciate the work we bring, uh, you know, we do putting into the uh, podcast each week, bringing you the show, uh, please consider becoming a member. Um, it keeps the podcast ticking along, keeps it going, helps us cover all our costs. Uh, in return, you'll get all of our bonus um, premium resources. Check those out on our website. So you get the State League fantasy scores, projections, uh, the breakout tracker, um, plenty of other great premium resources, which are all relevant for classic draft and keeper leagues uh, most importantly but they help you out in all the formats so uh, it's a good resource to have just head to keeperleaguepod.com.au or click in the link in the description uh, to sign up today Uh, each week we read out five gold members we might have to pick that up towards the end of the season because I think we might not have we might have not enough episodes for keep them coming in there's that many gold members they need to be we might add ten in every now and then they need to be read out yeah they do need to be read out anyway uh, thank you to the following K's Stuart Churton uh, Churdo Odin York Avtar Singh Robert Malvindi and Josh Donehart Cool. Thank you to those gold members, uh, particularly Cherto, who's the one who hooked us up with the Zambrero sponsorship. So. I still got to get a Cherto. I haven't been back to Zambrero since, but yeah. I'm going to order a Cherto. Cherto with the, what is it, the, the black rice, the cor- crushed up corn chips and the- Pork. And yeah, so pork. Couple, like, and there's two or three sauces. There's a few like mixture of sauces. We need to get him to retweet that photo. He probably will mm. after hearing this. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks to those gold members. Uh, we'll move on now. Before we get stuck into our projections segment, uh, we might just bring you a few state league fantasy scores. Um, there was some, well, there was one, well, there's a few monster scores actually. One ridiculously in big the score. VFL, but the most ridiculous one was Jake Riccardi's 184. So he had 31 kicks. Nine handballs and 19 marks, four tackles. Now, didn't kick a goal because he was playing across halfback apparently. Mm. So, that might be interesting. Do you do you see that as something that he could do in AFL level? Well, we did see, you know, um, uh, Nick Haynes went out the other week injured. Like, yeah. is this the perfect opportunity to bring him into that defence? They could do. They, they could be grooming him for this role to kind of make up mm. for that. So, if he comes in, he's definitely one you probably want to keep your eye on. Um, might be available in a few leagues. I got him pretty cheaply in our draft this year. Sorry, my, one of my drafts this year. Um, and it's definitely a good option if you can get up and about because he's shown his fantasy scoring prowess as a forward. Yeah. But who knows what he can do as a defender. Um, some other big ones. Will Brody had 150 for Gold Coast. Perennial loves, tees. Loves playing in the twos. Oliver Henry for Collingwood had 140. Surely comes back in this week after yeah. that. You know, I think Collingwood surely are going to bite the bullet soon and go right. We are rebuilding. We're not going to kid ourselves. And I we're think they need to know what's happening guys. with Bucks because Bucks is probably going to be fighting for his career and try to win. But if they say we'll back you in, then you can play some kids. But yeah, just quickly, Jake Riccardi, twenty six percent owned. So Ooh. one you should definitely be looking at. 
on the waivers. Mm. Probably should do it on the wire podcast. Mm. Apologies, members. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Missed that one. Uh, Josh Trace, Tracy. I always say Tracy. Cyclone Tracy, Tracy. Had 132. So he was actually the best waffle scorer. Mm. And he was the only waffle scorer to make the top 10s. I know, sorry, Stefan Giro. He had 127. Uh, Darcy first had 131. He might find it tough to get back in just because Dewey Dewey doesn't really favor him. Tom Highmore was an interesting one. He had 130 mm. points. Uh, mm. Everyone's got him in classic. But uh, if he can get in, he does play a nice role for fantasy. So hopefully he can... Uh, continue his career soon and get a game again for St. Kilda, though they had a good win on the weekend, so he might find it hard to get in. Uh, Kadeen Coleman had 129, not really someone looking at. Same with Tom Sparrow, 128. Um, but Braden Fiorini had 126. Is, that's just what he does at this level, isn't it? Classic Fiorini. Can't see him getting in, except for maybe a farewell game later in the year, and he might be worth holding for that. But, yeah, we'll uh, wait and see there. But that's the uh, – yeah, that is the – Stately fantasy scores, and now we'll move on to the projections now. So, Case, who is your captain of the week? Captain outside of the top 10, who are you picking? Uh, I'm going with some remedy gut feel this week. I'm backing in my boy, Jack Bowes. You pick him every week? No, I didn't. I backed him once. Joking. And he... <laughs> did a great job. So I'm going to back him in again. He's had four tons this year, including scores of 124 and 135. Now, the Suns are the best fantasy side this year so far. And the Saints concede the most fantasy points. So, Can this seems a like a match made in Disclaimer on that. They're mm-hmm. the best fantasy score, but last fantasy's team, but last year Geelong was that team and they only had one player go above 100 because it's such an even spread. You know I what understand I mean? that, but yeah. Jack Bowes just looks like a mini oh, Jake take, Lloyd. Takes all the kickouts. He yeah. six points. And the other thing is Saints also average eight behinds a game, which is the sixth most in the oh. AFL. So, you're going to guarantee him that he's going to take four or six That's of those like kick-ins. Points. So, yeah. they're at least, you know- at least 18 to 21 points, 20, yeah, 18 to 24 points, cheapies, cheapy, cheapy, cheap. So, get around him. I think he's going to score very well this week. I'm cheating a little bit because outside the top 10 currently is uh, Lockie Whitfield. And uh, look, just feel confident backing him in because he's my captain option of the week. Uh, did not miss a beat last week. Um, had 112, uh, sorry, had 110 last week in his return, but he also had 112 BCV against Essen in the last time they played who they come up against uh, this week. So, I think you can just confidently back Lockie Neal, uh, Lockie Neal, Lockie Whitfield in uh, this week. Uh, my loophole of the week is two leader Peter. Um, he's averaged 77.8 in his last five games. This is Peter Wright we're talking about. Um, he plays the Giants this week, and if he puts in a similar effort to what he's kind of done the last few weeks of the Dons, I think um, they're not going to have many people to go with him because of his height, and he does have a good little tank. So he's averaged 15 touches the last couple of weeks, averages 73 at Giants Stadium, and 82 he scored last time against the Giants. I think he's finally found his form, and I think you can get a an 80 or so from him this week. Uh, my loophole option is Darcy Cameron. So he plays against North um, in a game that Collingwood desperately want to win. He had 79 against them the last time they played and he averaging he's averaging 85 from his past three. Uh, Grundy's been resting forward once the game is kind of done. So it might, and then, you know, Cameron's obviously been going into the ruck a bit more, but it might not happen in this game, uh, especially if it's going to be a bit closer or they've got a chance of winning. So they might just ruck it out with uh, Grundy, especially with Goldstein spending, well, appeared to be spending a lot more time in the middle than Campbell was last week. So I reckon just put him on your bench as your loophole and just see what happens, especially as a forward. If he does get the ruck time and goes big or, you know, scores well and gets you that kind of, um, you know, 80, yeah, 80, 80 score, mm-hmm. um, you bring him on, but he's just as likely to go 50 as well and then you leave him off. So I reckon he's a good one, just loophole, just wait and see. Uh, I think 
plays early in the week. So, yeah, have a look at that one. Streamers. Uh, streamer, Brody Mychek for me, had a lazy 136 points on the weekend against the Suns. Look, he faces North this weekend and it could be another fill-up. He's kicked 15 goals, 13 this year, so he's definitely getting a look at the big sticks. Uh, if he can kick straight this week, it could be a big score. Uh, averaging 72 this year and averages 78 against North. Only 43% owned, so a good one to bring in as a forward option this week. I'm going to go with Will Power. Now, I think I had him as a loophole option last week, but now I'm going to go with Streamer this week. So, bring him on and play him because he averages 88 against St. Kilda. Had 91 the last time he played them. Uh, he's averaging 80 from his last three uh, and he plays a nice fantasy-friendly role as well. So, Will Power, um, I think he's someone that needs to be on your field. Waiver time. Waiver time. I think it's time to get a piece of Jack Bytel. He's only 23% owned. He's averaged 71 in the four full games he's played, averaging seven tackles a game. He's locked in their best 22. Look, they play Gold Coast this week, and I think there's a good scope this week uh, for a nice score. And I think into the future, I think he's going to stamp himself in that St. Kilda best 22 for the rest of the year. I'm going to back Kane Turner and get him in as the waiver wire of the week. So, been mentioning, uh, mentioned by a few listeners, or well, one in particular, but it was done in a really nice manner. Kind manner. <laughs> very kind manner. It was very kind to us um, that uh, we, we weren't going deep enough uh, with our waivers that every time we picked them, they were uh, already owned in their league. So, I'm going with someone that's probably not going to be owned because he's 2% owned and only 1% started. So, we get a bit deeper there. But yeah, Kane Turner's getting a lot of uh, midfield time as a tagger and he's listed as a, listed as a forward. So, if he can figure out how to get a few touches like he did on the weekend, um, he had 106, I think it was, he could be a handy forward uh, this season. We'll probably lose forward status going forward though. But, you know, if you're in contention or you need a forward to kind of fill out your team, um, if he's playing midfield, there's always a greater chance of getting a few more touches. Doesn't guarantee them, but there's always a chance of getting a few more touches. So, he might be one worth looking at for from there but uh, I wouldn't be holding my breath if he just stinks it up from now on either anyway that's uh, the waivers um, so if you want to get more we do a waiver wire podcast each week for members uh, head to the link in the description below sign up as a member and you'll get more waiver wire picks uh, before we move on to the question everyone's favourite segment uh, we'll get the uh, Apple review read out so please keep these coming Apple reviews help us climb the charts but the uh, short sharp and shiny review this week comes from Mabia Chol the Mabia Chol it must be I, don't, I can't think that anyone no one else would he'd be that name big fantasy player i reckon you reckon the cholster yeah. yeah well yeah anyway so it's good that it's coming from the maybe or chol and not mm. some random on the internet that's using his name but uh look he just writes short sweet simple elite pod hashtag thirsty so i'm not sure if they're getting mixed up with the uh the pod pod vernacular but anyway um we have no more reviews to read out after this one so please 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 Someone please review. if you have an apple device please uh put a review in so we can uh, read it out in the show chuck a question in there chuck mm-hmm. something you know that you want read ask out before everyone anything. else yeah ask anything in there um you know maybe like we financial a, advice yeah um you know what our favorite life, color is yeah your life um you know emotional support well-being yeah. that sort of stuff exactly yeah we're restaurant all, tips yeah all that sort of stuff know, so whatever yep Get on board and put in the review and uh, yeah, give it just give us five stars while we do it. <laughs> All right, let's get on to the questions. First question comes from a regular listener. AJS Hawker, who I think keeps our Facebook algorithm ticking along by liking every post Legend. that we put up. One of the only few that likes our stuff on Facebook. So thank you, AJS Hawker, for that. We really appreciate it. Um, but he asks, how happy would you be if you had Rao and Powell in your team? Hashtag looking forward. 
Well, you'd almost be as happy as someone who had Rao and Schoenberg, That's but just, you know the Schoenberg part makes me just. Make I'm me just joking. A little bit. But uh, look, how good's uh, Tom Powell been this year? Um, super impressive. Hopefully, we can see the best of Matty Rao um, when he comes back from injury. But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think. Did we see Powell? Coming like we were very yeah. high on him, but like not not maybe not, to this extent. That's what I mean. Yeah, but yeah, we we're quite up there. We we're to and fro between him and Phillips, which mm. seems a bit silly now. But there's always a few that you don't get uh, going. Phillips by. is starting to play a lot better footy now that he's kind of get a bit more run at it. But yeah, Power just probably proved that um you know playing a, a nice amount of footy last year has helped him this year. I think. Jeez, Andy, what is he? Has he had back to back tons? He's gone close to a ton. He had a ton this last week. I think it went close the week before. Um, yeah, doing very well. Very um, good. And yeah, he will. He probably will be the rookie of the year um, coming out. Maybe even the rising star too. Who knows? Um, at EHDQ1, um, can I start fielding Warpool and Dacos again? Uh, been going Swallow and Shoal over them. What do you think? Uh, I think you can definitely start fielding Josh Dacos. Uh, his movements have been looking really nice the last kind of, you know, getting some more CBAs, um, getting a much better fantasy-friendly role, which we've seen him kind of play last year. Warpool, I'm still a little bit worried about just their makeup of their midfield and if Jaeger comes back in, does that affect Warpool a lot? I'm very excited by the, the 120 he put up this week, but um, still a bit iffy. But I think that day cost, especially with the forward status now, is tracking nicely. Yeah, I agree. I'm still a bit iffy on Warpool as well. So, yeah, who would you be playing out of Sid? Take it's put funny because who would you take off out of Swallow and Shaw? Uh, Shaw's dropped off a bit yeah. recently. David yeah. Swallow is just super consistent, he is, very boring. 80, but uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Shaw against Port this week, maybe. I don't lift, know. lift for the showdown, bit of emotion. Might, yeah, uh, but I long suppose. term, you'd be playing Swallow and Dacos for now, anyway. Yeah, until Warple can maybe put a I think couple. You need to put a couple games together. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, at Russ two four six eight, uh, what value does Acres have? I don't have the guts to field him and he plays too many Sunday games to be a loophole option. Mm, he has no value as a mid. Sorry, Russ. Um, and obviously playing loopholes, I think his value drops even worse. Yeah, he's the player that you want a loophole. Yeah, and that's what I think I tweeted about. It, that like having guy, guys from like the Bulldogs and Richmond who are playing mainly Thursday, Friday, early games, like there's value in having those guys because you can loophole the borderlines, whereas any Western Australian team, good luck having them as a loophole option because – you know, every second week they're going to be playing on a Sunday. So, they're, they're not really any good to you. And when someone like Akers is a mid, um, you can't really take that risk of just going to, yeah, I'm going to lock him in into that kind of M6, M7 role. Just having marquee teams, players from marquee teams is super handy. The ones that are very likely to get your Thursdays, your Fridays, and even Saturdays because, like, if you've got a player playing Saturday, you've still got six teams to go on Sunday mm-hmm. usually. So, I think, yeah, it's just something you just not – I wouldn't base my team around it, but it's something you can actually think about when you're drafting if you're – especially now the, the rolling lock. Out and yeah. the rolling lockout is an option. Um, mm. Yeah, it's not a bad thing just to think about. Um, at uh, Kang Daddy, uh, Nunes and Battle, the types worth hanging on to if I'm going for a flag or best to roll the dice on a higher risk reward, uh, higher, sorry, higher risk, higher reward types. Cheers, champions. Thank you, Kang Daddy. Um, I'd probably keep one and drop one. I think it's always nice to have some scoring safety in your side, especially if you are in the hunt. Uh, at this stage, Jack Nunes is probably playing better consistent footy than Josh Battle, but saying that, who knows what happens with Colton's side and Nunes could be dropped any second. It you know, doesn't really matter. They've got a lot of those players. Battle has been a bit disappointing this year. He's played some good games, but look, I think I'd keep one and then maybe go for a bit of a high-risk, high-reward one where you know, you know you've know you got a 
a backup scorer, but then you know a guy who could probably come out and score you either a 20 or a 120 and um, just got to ride that ride that um, luck. Yeah, battle's a bit all over the place this year, mm, isn't he? All yeah. over the place. Yeah, so you might be one to move on if you need to. Um, at AdamJohn underscore 94, not a question, but loving the FIFO work Noah Anderson is putting in this season. Did so. you know this stat? No. This is an amazing stat. So, thanks, uh, Adam, for putting this forward. So, he means – so, when they play away, when Gold Coast yeah. play away, he's averaging 72. When they play at home, he's averaging 119. <laughs> Loves playing at Metricon. That is ridiculous. The unfortunate thing is for owners, Gold Coast play away in round 23. Okay. So, that's no good for the Ouch. grand final week. Unless you play a round 22 grand final like yes, my league or, does. You know, yeah, but well, one of my leagues does. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, bad luck. But yeah, that's a sweet start. I like that start. Yeah. Um, a few weeks ago in Classic, Dossie thought he'd be super smart and go, oh, no, Anderson's going to go big from now on with Rowl out. Mm. Brought him in. But now it's just such a yo-yo of emotion. Basically. Uh, with Bacall on the back of this. Yeah. So, I didn't actually realize it was home and away. I thought it was just, it would make sense because I thought he'd just be like, good one week, shit the next week. But actually, yeah, it, it makes sense. It correlates. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at Robert Hatcher 15, what's a fair deal for the Warpedo? Uh, fair is hard because I own him and like and owners out there know what his potential is. So, you're probably not going to get a fair deal anywhere. You own him in a league, don't you? In the um, podcast league. league. Yeah. So, all right, let's- uh, I let's haven't started him for weeks. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. midfield's pretty- my, my midfield's deep, so I'm lucky there. But. All right. So, say if someone came to you with mm-hmm. Shy Bolton, do you take that? Yep. So I, even, I'm, I'm quite keen on Shy Bolton. Yeah. Okay. But even though he might lose forward status and might not be- Because you know you know that Warpool's the type of guy that goes 120, could go 120 like pretty true. Early. I'm a bad trader though, Hef. I know. Well, what if like someone like Isaac, if he comes at you with Isaac coming? Do you I'm say? actually an Isaac coming owner in that league. All right, so, well, yeah. say if you didn't own Isaac coming. Uh, I think you could. It depends how you're going. Uh, depends if you're contending. I think. I think these are guys I just thought would like with um, back or forward status that were probably around around similar type values mm. if they're going well. It's yeah, it's hard to think. I probably say no to both, but I just love Jimmy Warps. All right, but all right, let's say if um, you get like a older gun forward. Someone coming in with that. So if you're contending as well, so say if someone comes at you with Dangerfield, you go on Dangerfield to Warple. He's a bit older. He's only going to play like a few more seasons. At the moment, maybe not. Yeah, injured. I guess if he yeah. wasn't injured though, probably. Would you go? Would you go Warple to Fife? Fife's a bit younger than Danger, isn't he? He's is actually. He's, I was thinking I'd probably pull down. the trigger on Fife. Yeah, yeah get Fife. consistency. Yeah, but that's. Would you say that's a fair trade though? But that's probably a bit overs for Warple though. What's well, fair trade though? Yeah, like exactly. I don't, you know, like it's all in beauties in the eye of the beholder. The yeah. trade you win the trade if you think you win the trade. In in keeper leagues, it's like yeah, even more so that fair is. I just in in keeper league, very 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 unlikely is a trade perfectly even. It's no. usually it's usually someone's rebuilding for the future, and it's 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 even in that respect. But it's not even for the short term. Like it's. Yeah, it's hard. Um, but, yeah, I'm a patient man. I have a two-year-old. I understand how to be patient. I would wait with Warpool because I reckon he can go big. But basically what you're saying, Hef, is um, don't sell him for nothing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Don't get, don't accept unders. Mm-hmm. So, only get something that's you would see as fair, I guess. Um, uh, at, at needs a F-U-I-C, Hef, how's Valente been going in the twos? You're uh, the stats man from the Waffle. Yeah, he's played two games so far. He's had an 83, then a 78. Should have played three, but uh, apart from the lockdown. I don't think he's getting huge possession numbers, but I think he hasn't really played, um, hasn't played that often so in the last few years. So, he just needs to warm into a bit, I think. So, just mm-hmm. give him time. Um, I just can't see him making the debut anytime soon, but maybe in the second half of the season, if he gets going a little bit more, um, he might be a chance there. 
Uh, Kays, what's the next question? Uh, at Ninja Spoon 1, where do you see scoring trends going? Will defenders scoring settle down moving forward? Um, the way I see trends going is if uh, if I watched if you watched um the uh, Western Bulldogs Richmond game, you saw the second half turn very much into the old style stagnant type play where Richmond just kind of set up behind the ball, um didn't let Western Bulldogs you know have touched the footy and just kept rolling in inside footy. So I think we're seeing the game start to slow down a little bit and start to become a bit more congested, more so what it was last year. And we kind of called that, especially when teams try to just kind of, if they know they're out of it, they'll conserve percentage and things like that and really choke up the game. So I can see that happening going forward. Defenders scoring settled down. I guess they have been up a bit. I'd love to actually just have a look and see if defender scoring is up that much from previous years. Um, but yeah, I reckon things are going to settle Back in, everything will probably come back a little bit. Um, we'll just even out to what it was in the past. I think it's over the first few rounds, it's always a bit crazy, and then it kind of evens out a bit. So I think they'll everything will probably come back a bit after the time. I reckon. Uh, at Trav zero one four asks, what is Kays's stance on Petrarca as a fantasy player these <laughs> days? You were very bold on him never being a good scorer. Then you accepted he was okay, but only as a forward. Now as a mid only. Come on, let's just admit you're wrong this time. Yeah, no, but my point, <laughs> as I said then, the role he was playing when he was no good was not conducive to fantasy scoring. But and you said he'd never be a good fantasy role. scorer. You legit said that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes the Oracle was wrong. <laughs> All right. No, they only became the Oracle this year. That's the yeah, issue. Yeah, I know. So, yeah. previously I was wrong. Didn't yeah. have powers. No, he's been good. He's been very yeah. good. He's, uh, yeah, he's been good. Just like Darcy Parrish proved me wrong too. All right, uh, at Dotty31, he's asking about Weedering. We talked about it just before. Um, I'm loving Jacob Weedering's form. Love to hear what you think. Can he continue his dis- uh, continue in this dismal Carlton side? What do you reckon? Uh, the, at the moment, defenders are scoring well. He's a good inset marker. Um, uses the footy pretty well as well. Look, I think if we keep seeing the style of footy getting played how it is, I think he's going to still score quite well. And especially if Carl- Carlton are, you know, good one week, bad the other, you know, it, it's going to be down their defence still a lot. I was just, just going on history. Like he's done this in the past. Like I think there was like a, a few round like patch at the last uh, start. Sorry, the start of last season where he was looking pretty similar, and then he just reversed the type after a while. He's just I don't know. He's just too up and down. For he's gone 65, 76, 70, 93, 102 in his last five. So yeah. he's averaging eighty one. But he has a patch like this most years. But what's he? How old is he? He's, he's twenty three. Key defender. Like it's just but what, what are you expecting though? A 70 average. Well, then you, you're probably going to get it. Yeah, that, that's what I mean. But I don't think he's going to go like 100 like he did No, last he's week. not yeah. going to be- No, he's not yeah. going to 100 each week. Yeah. He's not going to be a premium defender. But yeah. if you're going to get someone in reasonably like, cheap who can plug your gap for a 70 each week, then sure, yeah. that's what but he can do. I don't think like this form right now continues for the remainder of the season. Will he be 100? No, but he, I could say, yeah, if Jacob Weedering ends the season as a 75 average, yeah. Yeah, but I think like, because he's going, what, like 80-something over his last three? Is that mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah, so I don't think he's going to be at that, but he'll come back a bit, but it will be serviceable, but just don't expect huge things from it, I think. Um, last question. At Vulcan Left Hand, uh, the commissioner of my league forgot to set league settings so we get updating DPPs, resulting in the entire league not getting any new DPPs. <laughs> What's a suitable punishment? Well, the punishment from um, Australians coming back from India is $66,000 and five years in jail. Okay. I think it should be somewhere around that mark. Okay. So, that's a bit- I reckon that's a bit harsh. Um, Maybe just find him a draft pick next year or something like that. That's probably probably even harsher. Prison or draft pick. Actually, I'll probably take the the prison time, actually. (laughs) No, I don't know. Um, Why can't- if I don't know what status like of level membership you've got, I'm assuming this is ultimate footy. Oh, wait. No, this is probably- 
Ah, uh, this is probably AFL fantasy. That's a silly rule, actually. I reckon they'll change that in the future. Like they'll make, let you change it, and update it afterwards. That's rough. Super yeah. rough. I was thinking if it was Ultimate Footy, you could just do it manually. But I reckon in Ultimate Footy, you can just set it any time. Especially so. if you drafted for you know players potentially getting it. If there's an option to do the manual adjustment, I don't know which format. If you are playing Ultimate Footy and it's something like that, you could use the manual adjustment. And just put them in manually. I'm not sure if that exists now for fantasy yet. Um, but yeah. I don't know. What would the make him make him do something draft night? Make him yeah, cook the barbecue. Like he's gonna or, cook the barbecue. Yeah, or he's gonna do. He's gonna be like the beer dude or yeah. something like that. Like anytime you want a beer, or jail, next like draft. one of the yeah, two or present time. Yeah, lock him up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, uh, that's a wrap. So uh, cool. We'll uh, thank our sponsors, uh, Remedy um, Kombucha and Zambreros. Head to your local Zambrero restaurant. Uh, restaurant. Grab a burrito and drink a Remedy Kombucha because they're in the fridge these days as well. So. Um, Supporting our sponsors, I guess, supports the podcast as well. So if you can do that, that'd be great. Um, get around us on our socials, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Keeper League Pod. And also get around, I guess, our brother, sister podcast, the, the Pod Pod, the Point of Difference podcast. If you're into the AFL Fantasy Classic format that mm. Kays isn't but likes to brag about when he beats good people in it anyway. Um, yeah, it was good. Can- I beat the Statesman and Hef last week. It was yeah. a great week. Exactly. But apparently, I'm not doing it right with some bullshit. There's well, some rules. I don't you, know. You don't have the players that got us to be ranked 1,000th each, you know. Who cares? That's the, re- the reason why you're 10,000th. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening and we'll talk to you next week. Take it easy. See you guys.